I'm good. I'm good. There's I no... think you've got your books on show. Well, these are original. These are original books. These are not fake bookshelf. <laughs> these are original. <laughs> what That's do you? What I need. I need to get a fake bookshelf. Yeah. What do you have behind you? Just wardrobes, cupboards. <laughs> okay. You look. Uh, it's a an honor and privilege to have my seventh wife with me here. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Well, we have lots to talk about. Uh, yes, we but, do. And um, well, you've done—I'm sure you've done—you've done this before, so I don't need to tell you. But you know how my mind operates as well. It's going to be easy going. You know, we we'll just enjoy ourselves, and we'll know when to finish because I love yeah. the art of conversation. Like a married couple. Like a married couple. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll make a start. Um, lots to say. You—you you got my email, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So let's make this that. You're, you're looking you're looking wonderful on a Sunday. Oh, thank you. So are you. <laughs> thank you so much. I just bought this uniform, not because of coming to America, but I just decided I need to change my uniform. <laughs> well, I just have to ask you something. I can see cutouts at the back. Is that the cutout of your suit? No, it is not. It is not. This is for something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're very observant. This is for something else. I get that a lot. A lot of people talk about that. So let me let me let me make a start now. So I'm going to start recording. Enjoy yourself. Let's free flow in. You've got some subjects I need to talk to you about, but we'll just we'll just go for it. Okay. Okay. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am so happy to be here. Look, I have to say to you that uh, I have mixed feelings, really mixed feelings, because uh, uh, for my audience, uh, viewers, and listeners. Uh, coming to America came out uh, yesterday, and uh, a lot of people have been congratulating me for one reason or the other. They have been congratulating me because they think I I, I wasn't coming to America, and it's usually white people who have been sending me messages, not black people. White people sending me messages <laughs> saying, "Ah, well done, you are coming to America." But coming to America is going to be a subject that I we need to discuss today. Look, with no further ado, I want to introduce you to someone who I have known for years. I'm talking years, yes, yes, yes. You know, my, my people said, oh, you don't have that many uh, women as guests because I always feel that most women are in the kitchen cooking for their husband. But today, <laughs> today I have Ujambi Migrat. She, I have to say to you that if you are aware of what's happening in the comedy scene right now, even though she's based in the UK, and if you've never heard of Unjambi Migrat, then you shouldn't really be watching or listening comedy. I mean, I met her well over 12 years ago, and it is really lovely to see how she has progressed and she's doing pretty well. You know, I, I, I was looking at her CV. I have to say to you that, you know, if I start reading her CV, we could be here for another 15 minutes, just reading her <laughs> CV out. But, you know, she is a Natty winner, New Acts of the Year winner. I think it was last year or the year before, uh, because I, the reason why I can't remember, you know, lockdown, I've been under house arrest by this civilian prime minister, and I don't know the day and the time. But also, you know, she's written books, she is doing extremely well. And you hear people talk about, oh, there are no female comedians who, she is doing fantastically well. And uh, she supported me uh, two years, it's now two years ago, two years ago, there was a coup, an attempted coup, just like coming to America, I've done an attempted coup. There was a coup by BBC Studios and E4, and you know, Injabi was instrumental in supporting me during that time that I was in Edinburgh. It feels like 
uh, almost like four or five years ago, but we had a fantastic time. We had audience with President Bonjo, she played my wife, and we had, we had a great time. And look at where we are now. You know, I genuinely thought by now I would be on Life of the Apollo, but I am on Zoom doing a podcast and about to introduce you to Unjambi. So there's a lot we're going to talk about. I know she's not afraid to hold a conversation. Unjambi, how are you? It's been a long time. How is it going? Well, Albonjo, well, thanks very much for that very grand introduction. Uh, it, it's going, you know, life under house arrest. We all know what it feels like now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's amazing. It's a double-edged sword, you know, it's a double-edged sword because um, obviously uh, all our gigs are gone. Um, we haven't been able to do any shows for a really long time. So the comedy side of thing has kind of been on hold. But then, you know, like the one thing that I really always wanted to do uh, was to have space to write with nowhere to go so I could write. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this lockdown has actually given me all the space in the world to, to write. So I have been indulging myself in just writing because I love writing. I love playing with words and having duels with my characters and just, it, it's fun. It's, it's like I'm having a party in my own room <laughs> with all my characters and there's no lockdown in my mind. Mm. Tell, tell us about the book. So you've written, there's one book that's come out that's doing well. Tell us about the book. Oh, so the one that's out, I'm not even afraid to is right here. This book is called Through the Leopard's Gaze. So th this is a, is a, is a memoir. It's a, about me and my family growing up in Kenya and all the wars of, um, you know, colonialism and and tribulation in neo-colonialist uh, setup and all of that stuff. So that's my memoir that has already been published. So it's been published exactly a year. So that was published just before we went on lockdown um, last year. And uh, since then, I'm, uh, I've just been writing another book, actually two books, <laughs> kind of two books simultaneously. So uh, this book is uh, called A Slice of God. And uh, you know, I won't give too much away because I'm, I'm still working on it, but it's kind of set again in Kenya uh, in neo-colonial times with all the chaos that was left behind because, you know, Africa is a mess because of colonialism. So uh, this, this is uh, about people in uh, uh, neo-colonial times in Kenya. So that's, that's um, my next book. And I've kind of, I, in the first draft, I combined two stories, but then I decided those stories are not going to work together, so I split them. So then that one, I, I'm going to make it into a children's book. So I, I haven't, I've kind of written it, but it needs a, a, a refined draft. Okay, so you. So that, you that's you, what I've been doing. Okay, excellent. Well done. Uh, are you, so you you are definitely uh, a Kenyan. What happened yes. to your Kenyan accent? You sound so British. Do I? Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, um, I, I suppose it's to do with the schools that I attended because uh, I, the school that I attended has a very long history. It is the school that was attended uh, by the Kenyan first president, Jomo Kenyatta. So Jomo Kenyatta was uh, uh, one of the students in the school and obviously not at the same time when I attended, <laughs> you know. So, um, so that, that was a really good school. Um, we were only 
ever allowed to speak English, never to speak our native languages. And, and that is to the detriment of the Kenyan children mm. uh, because uh, schools in Kenya still has, have, still bear that colonial mentality that you're not allowed to speak your native languages. And as a result, it does, it does a lot of damage to the native languages. And I, um, and the reason it was a boarding school. So most of my life I've been in boarding school. And that again is, uh, I mean, it, it's been good in a way for me because I'm able to converse and write um, very, I hope eloquently in, in uh, English language and everything. But what it did to me was it, it detribalized me and a lot of other children to an extent that we, I'm only just now learning about my culture through books and, and reading and research. And that's quite painful. I found that really difficult to accept when I started to do the research to find out just how rich my culture was, just to find out just how amazing, you know, the stories, the morals, everything that are believing God, because, you know, like they, 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 uh, like they say that Africans did not believe in God. Like we, we the Gekoyo people, because I'm Gekoyo, we believed in our God who is omnipresent and our God lives in heaven, you know, and our God has earthly residence in uh, the four holy mountains in Kenya. And these holy mountains, one of them is called Mount Kenya now, but it was never called Mount Kenya. It was called the holy mountain of brightness. So all of our culture and all of our history has been masked by colonialism. And it's so sad because it is actually a very rich culture. So uh, why is my accent this way? Because I, I came to the UK when I was a teenager. So my accent is, I don't think it's purely British. It doesn't sound purely British. People think I, I'm French actually, when, I don't know oh, why. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When I speak to people, they're like, oh, oh you're French. And it's like, mm -hmm. mm, yeah, mm -hmm. possible. It's all I can say in French. <laughs> it's really interesting because when you were just describing how you're only just discovering your culture I, I also feel that way. I was brought up in an environment where it was English, almost like uh, my father felt like he was from Eton, you know, it was almost like, yeah. and then, yeah. and I, I, I grew up and finding out that it, oh, the best way to describe it is like you, someone telling you that there's Father Christmas and then yeah. eventually there's no Father Christmas. There's no, you, you just, I'm saying you're discovering yeah. things. And yeah. I, it was, it's, so, it's such a, it's, it's a tragedy, but I think for us, the fact that we are now in a unique position where we've got platforms where yes. we can correct that, I think that, that has to be a beautiful thing. Question it I was going to, go on. It is a beautiful thing. And actually it has given me a lot to talk about. So when I do my show, I, I talk about my, my tribe, my culture, because like currently the portrayal of Africans are people who are narrow-minded, who are, mm. but when you think like, in places like Uganda in the 1800s, they used to perform cesarean sections and women survived it. You know, if you look at the medicine, they used to do brain surgery, they open. I even came across a video, a very old video that was, they actually were, were doing brain surgery on mm. a guy sitting down. Uh, and all of this, we, our medicine was advanced and of course everything was trampled. Um, and we are supposed to be backward and everything, but our outlook on things. And then what I've been studying lately is uh, the hieroglyphics that my tribe used. We mm. used to have a, a, a very unique, um, it's not even a hieroglyphics. It is a, a, a very unique handwriting. It looks mm. a little bit like a short shortcut, yeah, not shortcut, mm. what do you call it? Um, uh, you know, like the secretaries used to, shorthand. It looks a yeah. bit like shorthand. Okay. Um, so we even had our own written language, but because we didn't have books, we just used to write on ornaments. Mm. 
we used to write on uh, like talking sticks and on mm. words and all of these things so we don't have books per se mm. and this is why people think that we we didn't have a language we didn't have literacy we did have literacy a very advanced literacy but yeah. everything was trampled for for you know for Englishness. Yeah. Do you do you think that uh, because certainly in Nigeria it's 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 certainly what I picked up, especially with terms of the music and parts of the culture, they're trying to redress that balance to go back to what it was. Is that the same in Kenya? So you so now we have like uh, uh your radio stations. Mm -hmm. We have Gekoyo radio. We have um, um music. So mm -hmm. uh, like um, you you have Facebook pages dedicated mm -hmm. to Gekoyo. So like I I'm in several of these pages and they, mm -hmm. they talk about customs and the way we did things and yeah people are recognizing because a lot of people feel vacant. So like we are born but you kind of there's a, a vagueness about your background which mm -hmm. is weird mm -hmm. and I addressed that in my book because I, I was like I always felt that there was something but I didn't know what it was so like in Kenya they don't talk about uh, the, the Mau Mau uh, what happened during the Mau Mau and mm -hmm. all of that mm -hmm. it's not spoken about mm -hmm. but people know that there's trauma but they don't talk about the trauma mm -hmm. uh, and um, uh, and this is the thing a lot of people feel it a lot of people uh, are actually traumatized by it so but then also we don't go to the our culture like we did before so people are like in a really weird zone so like i like i say i i just i found it very tra traumatic mm. this whole thing very traumatic mm. but um yeah it's been redressed yeah so you're a comedian mm -hmm. you write books yes. which do you prefer they, they do different things a book gives you space to describe and talk about what mm. what you are and mm. all of that stuff comedy gives you a platform to narrate your story mm. in sound bites mm. in in a very concise way mm. and in an engaging way because people are laughing but people mm. are laughing but you're still talk to, you know telling them about your stuff mm. so i mean they're very different platforms and I, I i don't know that i can choose one over the other mm. you know it feels very different when you're on stage and people are laughing it also feels very different when I have my own space and I'm thinking and an idea comes or my story flows and my characters mm. get on or don't mm. get on or whatever. It feels just as amazing. So I know there are transferable skills because you have to, it's not just being a performer as a comedian, you have to be a good writer as well. Yeah. And it's the same with, you know, being being an author, you know, you, you, you write books. But what about in terms of the audience? Because obviously, you know, that with audiences, when you perform, you get instant, you know, uh, reaction from from your fans or from people who just you just won over how is it it's definitely not the same when people are reading your books and saying how wonderful they they they, they found the story well you do get big feedback with books as well yeah uh, you know uh, so people read a book and they don't keep quiet about it mm. so they, they'll either say oh i love this book you know, oh it's, it's, it was interesting oh things mm. i didn't know and this is why i guess reviews are for mm. it's obviously not as instant as um as um comedy because comedy is instant you tell a joke bam, bam yeah, you know yeah. You know it's working or it's not working with a book mm. you have to go through four years for people to <laughs> say, so it's yeah it, it, it's obviously very different but then once it's done people do review so mm. people do do read it and they give a review and when people give a review you know where whether they've read it or not mm. sometimes you know um yeah so it, it, it's, it's kind of the same people people do talk to their friends about it i know quite a few groups uh like uh it has been used a lot in um 
in uh, reading clubs mm -hmm. as well. Uh, and that's amazing because if people are reading it and discussing it in a book club and everything, then it just means that, you know, there's a story to tell and then it's, it's uh, shared and, you know, word of mouth and all of that. And that's great. And you have, you also have some good news about what one of your books is going to be turned into a film. Is that correct? Into a TV series. Uh, yeah, nice. When is, when is that happening? Do you know? I can't say much. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know how these things work. Well, yeah. 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 But, but is, yeah, it in the, is it going to be in the UK or in the US? Um, probably. You know how these things work. You know, yeah. if, if it's released on a, a platform, mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, available in so many different places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well done. Well done. Well done. Oh, thank you. Let's start with uh, Coming to America. Coming to America 2. I don't know whether you've had the chance to watch it. Uh, what is your view? I would tell you my view, but I want to hear your view first. Uh, you know, like I, I love uh, the first coming to America. I, I mean, the, I watched it countless times, and I was still in hysterics. And I, you know, I just it just never got old for me. So when this came out, I was like, oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> and then started watching it, and I was like, what? <laughs> what was that about? What? Come on, you know, like fine you know the film employed so many people they they gave loads of actors and mm. loads of black people parts and stuff like that but they could have asked me to write a plot for them i could have written a much better plot and i i, I yeah there wasn't much of a plot there you know it, they they just it's as though someone said hey on a drunken night hey shall, shall we do coming to america too and they're like yeah, yeah let's do it they're like oh hang on we started shooting what was the plot and it's like um Let's say this. Let's say this. So there were, I, I don't think that they spent much time, you know, coming mm. up with the plot. Maybe maybe the lesson is never to film what, during a pandemic, because it, <laughs> <laughs> maybe could it, it could be. Uh, certainly for me, I just yeah. thought that this man is getting broke, so he has ten children, so he has to see his family. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. But my observations were this: I I was apart from the the first film was thirty years ago. So I, I wasn't expecting it to be uh, to match what happened 30 years ago. But the world has changed. All I remember of all the world has changed. We, we've, we've evolved. We now have uh, Black Panther, Wakanda, yeah. you know, and the, as far as I'm concerned, I, we, we, you know how we Black people are. A film comes out immediately. It's like, oh, the film is out. And then within five, 10 minutes, I was yeah. looking at it. I said, what is this? Yeah. What is this? What is, exactly. What is this? Exactly. Exactly. And the, th the thing that disturbed me most is, like you said, it happened 30 years ago. 30 years ago, uh, probably <clears throat> people were not aware of issues like, you know, drugging people and raping them. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that kind of is the main plot that Eddie Murphy got drugged and he, he was raped. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know of, yeah. I, number one, I don't know of an African king <laughs> who will admit that he has a bastard son. <laughs> I, I am not aware of an African general who walks yeah. the way uh, Wesley Snipes walked, like you know, like that. For that, the so, that was so insulting to Africans. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the point I was going to make is this, yeah. my sister, with the vast resources that we've got, because as far as I'm concerned, that film that they made recently is from an African American perspective. Yeah. And 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 I bless my Nigerian <laughs> people because they were all rejoicing. Oh. Davido, you you might know, he's an Afrobeat uh, musician. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he's in he's in coming to America, and he was only for two minutes. Now I want to challenge Nollywood if they're hearing this. Why can't we film something like that 
in Nigeria, and then African Americans coming back to their, their, their where you know their continent yeah. to understand the culture. I mean, the African accents, for example. I'm sorry. Ah, I'm sorry. Insulting. No, and, and this but you is. Know what, you know what was most insulting for me is when Wesley Slipes uh, is is you know in his land mm. uh, with all these children holding mm. AK-47s mm. and telling them go and play with your grenades. Mm. That is a awful uh, because these children, you know, child soldiers, those mm. were abused uh, soldiers, and yeah. they're reinforcing the stereotypes that about these child soldiers. The way he's dressed like this, this general. Uh, you know, wearing all this commando stuff. This is this is exactly what white films have done to us for you so know, long. And, and there's every likelihood, based on where I live, a white neighborhood, because coming to America is all over the place, that there's going to be a white person one day who's going to mimic uh, what he saw in uh, <laughs> coming to America. You know, I was disappointed, but yeah. but I yeah I was disappointed to to, to see that um you know these these black Americans in in Hollywood are not really interested in the African culture because if they were they would have taken time to really inform themselves that a that is reinforcing stereotypes. But but you could, you us. but you could give them some credit in terms of uh, Black Panther because Black Panther had some real serious messages. Uh, oh, but I mean, but Black Panther is a completely different ballgame. I'm, mm. I'm talking specifically, I mean, th there are some fantastic movies and mm. I, I cannot generalize about, uh, you know, about Black Americans and, and mm. I don't want to do that actually. Mm. But if that film itself, that they didn't, that what they did was uh, basically stereotyping. They just used white people ideas about Africans, mm. uh, all the generals and child soldiers and the AK-47s and all mm. of this. Mm. And th that I, I, I was, pretty offended by that I, mm. I just i felt bad because i you know i'm a fan of all the people in the film mm. you know but but um are they a fan of africa really and africa has been portrayed in such a horrible negative light mm. and for them to actually perpetuate it I, I i was quite disappointed by it yeah yeah but anyway um the 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 reviews are not from the professional reviews to the unprofessional reviews i think people professional reviews are giving them two stars three stars I wonder what Steve Bennett would have given them if he if it was a comedy, if it was an Eddie Rockfin show. But also from the unprofessional reviewers, these are people who watched it. It's mixed. It's mixed. But um, uh, like I said, uh, the guy is getting broke. Needs some money. Secure his children. You know, it's a family <laughs> reunion. Get friends and family. Lo lovely attire, I must say. Lovely, lovely attire. But yeah, uh, so they they did good for the costume department. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the 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 outfits apparently are from Utopia. Uh, a lot of them show, so he's showing Ethiopian culture, apparently. That's what I. Oh, but what what surprised me most is why he had the Kenyan flag. You know the uh, the son, the bastard son. Yeah. He he, he was carrying the Kenyan flag, mm. so maybe he's Kenyan. Yeah, he had a It's possible. He, yeah, it's he possible. had the Kenyan flag when he was going to kill the lion. He had the li the Kenyan oh, flag. Oh, so he, I, I didn't even watch it all to get it to that point. But he oh, killed, really? He I, killed, I watched killed, everything. So he killed the lion. He killed the lion. <laughs> so he wasn't going to kill the lion. He was going to cut the whiskers of okay. the lion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, and um and uh, so he had a, a Kenyan flag on him. Do you? And I'm do, like, oh, is he Kenyan? <laughs> do you think they filmed it during the pandemic or before? I think it was before. It must have been before. You think so? There's no way you can get all those people, and you know they're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I was just thinking, so many people. I was thinking there's no social distancing here. Even the wedding, I just thought, geez, geez. Yeah. But, yeah. but let's move on. Let's move on. We, we, we wish them well. We wish them well. I'm yeah. not, I'm yeah. not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not bitter that I wasn't involved. I just find it really ridiculous that, you know, they had this military Af African general dancing that, that, that way. That offended me. And I just yeah, thought, that, yeah. <laughs> that offended me. And that I think those are the roles. I can't remember exactly what Wesley Snipes has done exactly, but I mm. think he has played similar roles for white films uh, mm. uh, as a general. So mm. he he probably just brought what he has done into all of this. Yeah. And which countries in Africa are run by generals? Yeah. Like the only ones are the Congo, and the Congo that's because of the diamonds, which are yes, yes, and it's full of all sorts of people. And, and, and there was one, and there was one where um, when he, uh, I think Eddie Murphy was introduced as Idiami Idiot when he, he came back to Africa. There was reference of my late father, Idiami. And, <laughs> but you, you are not aware of this. I, I've been in touch with Idiami's son, Jaffa Amin, for real. Yes, because I'm trying to get him onto my podcast. And one of the things he said was, because he's, he's defending his father's uh, legacy, and he said that he's very upset. Hang on. He's defending his father's legacy. Yes. <laughs> well, but, but interesting enough, there are some really, uh, because he's been sending me lots of information. So before he turned the corner, yeah. Idi Ami had really great intentions for his people before something happened when he turned Well, over. true, true, true. Because yeah, I, I know yeah. I know about the situation with the Palestinian. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. The, the PLO. Just so, and even, you just have to look at, some of his speeches in the, uh, the the UN, he was talking about America having a black vice president. He was talking about getting rid of apartheid in South Africa. Those were really yeah. good policies, just I'm saying, okay, but yeah. some, something happened along the way. But anyway, he was basically saying to me that one of the things he dislikes about his father's legacy is that they've turned him into this comedy buffoon. You know, everyone pokes fun and and and, and I was, I, <laughs> then I said, he's not going to be happy when he sees coming to America because they made reference of, you know, our dad, uh, Idi Dada, you know, but um, there we go. Let's move on. Let's move on. There's lots to talk about. I want yeah, to- uh, Yeah, yeah, go I, on. I, I really want to know what, exactly what he's going to defend about his father. Yes, his father said a few, a few things that, you know, like, like the defense of, uh, mm. uh, I don't know, you mm. know, and also he, he questions why uh, the, the British brought um, Indians to Asians to work in, in East Africa, whilst yeah. Africans have done that job. So yeah, mm. he did that, but, but he killed very many people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but you see, one of the things he said to me, because when I made contact with him, it was, he was bombarding me with information for almost two days with photos of the dad, um, uh, stories, UN speeches, and one of the things he said, Obonjo, I want you. He called me my ex, your, your excellency. He said, he said, Obonjo, I want to, for you to understand the African narrative. So he's basically saying that some of these films that were produced, uh, King of Scotland, Last King of Scotland, and all these other yeah. films, yeah. they they didn't really portray his father in a not the way a true reflection of what actually happened. That films should be made well, in Africa. And well, the, the thing yeah. is, I know a fair bit about Idi Amin because my yeah. father used to have a business in Kampala. Okay, okay. And, and if you read my book, it does actually talk about, about that yeah, yeah, during yeah, yeah. Idi Amin's time. Yeah. And Idi Amin, he used to work. I tell you what he used to do. Mm -hmm. He used to offer the British Army for, for, for the, the uh, uh, King's African Rifles mm -hmm. in Kenya. Mm -hmm. And he tortured a lot of people in Kenya. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's nothing that his son can say 
that can change anything because he himself, yes, he may be, he may, he may have an African um, vision or whatever, mm. but he killed many Africans by torture. Mm. He, he would literally like push through his hand and rip out somebody's heart. Mm. There's no way these guys are Pan-Africanist. The, the many Africans he killed, mm -hmm. there's no way he can be a Pan-Africanist. Okay. I, I'm not here to defend my father, but anyway, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'd love, I, I, I can't wait to have Jaffa Amin on the podcast. And I think it will be... Listen, yeah, yeah, I would you should to. have the three of us on there because I would like, you know, they nearly killed my dad. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, they nearly killed my dad. So, like, my dad, when he would be on the train mm -hmm. coming from Kampala, he would see all the all the uh, the train the the, the uh, there were like all the trees mm -hmm. along the railway tracks. There were people who who were hanging. Mm -hmm. There were there were all lots of people hanging from trees being hanged mm -hmm. on the train so that people on the trains can actually see all the people mm -hmm. who have been killed. Mm -hmm. It was awful. I feel so bad for, for, the, for the people of Uganda. That was a horrific time. Uh, and and they, uh, just, they don't seem to have recovered because you, you now they, have Museveni who's there and who refused, who's Donald Trump, who's refusing to, to actually leave, even though apparently he lost the election, but he's, he's been there for years. Well, you know what? You know what, Obonjo? Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Uganda seems I, well. I, I don't know a great deal, but it seems to have made some some sort of progress in that uh, there's there's uh, some sort of peace yeah. in, in the country. Yeah. Um. But when you think about it, a democracy in Africa is very 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 difficult. It really is because if you look at if you look at uh, say for example all the tribes that have to try and come together and mm. work and live together, the Buganda Kingdom was an actual kingdom by itself. Mm. So. Mm. It, it, put to put it into context, it's like if you took the the, the United Kingdom, yeah, mm -hmm. and you put them with Russians and Bulgarians, and you tell them you're mm -hmm. a country, mm -hmm. so please try and run this country fairly and square. Mm -hmm. It's pretty difficult. Like they, it is it really is so so difficult because, like even the problems we have in Kenya, mm -hmm. that you know you see like uh, the Maasai are nomadic. The Luos are fishermen, mm. the Gekoyo are farmers, mm. and we're supposed to come together in unity and shared goals. Mm. It's like we are so completely different. Mm. And this is this is a problem with democracy in Africa because it wasn't designed by us. The architects were people who had never even seen Africa. Yeah, I, I call it a kidney transplant that's gone horribly wrong. We, we need... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call it. I so just people call it, yeah. saying, so people saying that okay, fine, I'm no fan of Museveni. Mm. But but under Museveni's reign, it has been the longest peace in Uganda because Uganda was a bloodbath. After after mm. uh, Amin, there was Obote. There was so much. Those people just like suffered so much. Yes. Yes. So, yes. so the democracy. You've seen how fraught democracy is, even in America, mm. even even in, in the UK. Oh, the democracy. Let's, Let's not start. Let's not start. Let's not start. Um, let's let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's mm -hmm. talk about uh, Meghan and Harry and the documentary coming up soon. Are you going to watch it? Yes. What, what time? I don't know whether we would. Uh, it's tomorrow what? at nine o'clock, Bonjo. <laughs> nine o'clock at night. I thought it was even this evening. This evening? I thought no, it was I this thought... evening. No. Okay. Oh, I'll double check. I don't want to miss it. Well, so, normally so, I, I, sorry, go on. Go on, go on. Normally I don't watch royal stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not really interested in them. So why, but, why, why do you want to watch this one? Why are you so curious? 
because I have become curious because the media has gone into complete meltdown. Mm -hmm. So I want to see what it is that she has done because as far as I know, she, she it doesn't show anywhere what she commit crime she has committed. She, she hasn't been unfaithful to her husband. She hasn't, and so I don't know why she's getting so much hate. Well, she, um, she's committed a crime. She's a black woman married to, uh, to, to married into the royal family. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so this is it. So I, I'm just gonna watch it because now it's, it's whetted my appetite because mm. I've seen she, she, you know, the other newspapers are saying she has betrayed the queen and everything. Mm. And I wanted to know what she did to betray the queen and everything mm. because mm. I, I'm curious now. I'm gonna watch it just to know what she has done because like I didn't know she had done anything. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for me, I, 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 I posted on Twitter today and there's some people attacking me. You know, it is so ridiculous because there are people who are actually saying that uh, Harry has offended the queen and so they should revoke his uh, British citizenship. Can you imagine? What, what did he do to the queen? Well, uh, well, he married a black woman as far as I'm concerned. That's, that's, that's probably the offense. Uh, but, you but, know, but I'm assuming that she was okay with it because the queen was present during the wedding because I saw her. I actually saw the wedding. Haven't you been to, haven't you been to some first wedding, some weddings where mother-in-law and father-in-law are not happy, but they have to go ahead because the man is headstrong. But to be honest with you, Obonjo, hands on your heart, how many people do you know that get on perfectly with their mothers-in-law? None, nobody, none. <laughs> <laughs> A few, maybe 1%. 1%, 1%. My mother-in-law, like she, she, like she didn't even hide it for me. She told me, she told me, she told me that when I found out my son was marrying a woman from Africa, I was horrified and I was like, cheers, thanks. So can I have another potato? And you know. <laughs> so you think, you think, you think, because that was, that was, that was a public marriage in display. Uh, and it had to be Harry. There couldn't be anyone else who would, who would go outside. <laughs> and marry someone else. He fell in love. It is obvious that he fell in love. But one of the things I, 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 I two things for me, uh, when I spoke to my mom today, uh, who's currently in Nigeria, she, she said, oh, when, when are they showing it? Because uh, she's a fan of uh, Princess Diana. And, and, oh. and, 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 and I remember when Diana died and she called me from Nigeria and she was screaming, ah, they've killed her, they've killed her, they've killed her. <laughs> you know, wow. uh, but the way they are now behaving, you know, because there's, there's, there's a conspiracy theory about Harry, there's a conspiracy theory about Meghan, you know, about Diana, that it's quite possible that, you know, they are reinforcing those theories about... Yeah, but you know, if they had made such a big fuss about it, I, I don't think people would even want to watch it. You know, yeah. people would know, oh, okay, I think they're going to talk to Oprah. But, well, the thing is that I just assumed that Meghan being a film, a, a Hollywood actress, Mm. that it is normal for actresses to give interviews. That's what I assumed. So I just thought, you know, it's just an interview. She's an actress married to a, a prince and she's giving an interview to somebody who interviews people who are famous. No, no, she mentioned the firm. She mentioned that the firm have been perpetrating falsehoods about her and Meghan. She has actually accused the royal institution of, you know, spreading lies about her, you know, uh, it, 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 for some British people, this is really serious. It's an offense. It is, it is, I, I, I disagree with it, but it is really an offense. Yeah. Well, like Diana, I think Diana said the same things, mm, mm, but mm. they didn't strip her of her nationality, but I think Megan still got an American passport. Well, yeah, they, well, they won't strip, they won't strip Megan, but the, the, there is apparently a petition to strip Harry. Why? I, what has I, it done? Well, yeah, I don't know. 
that's what that is. I, I was horrified when someone tagged me in response to my tweet to say we're signing a petition to rev revoke uh, Harry's citizenship. So are they basically saying he's not British? Is he German? I don't understand. You know. So they would revoke his citizenship because he married a black, a half black woman. Yes, definitely. <laughs> And what does this what does this actually say because there's always this view you know when you ask people oh is britain racist they they know britain is not racist you know don't generalize but if i can i can i i i don't know how i would react now if because i don't know what sort of response a daughter of mine will get if she says she wants to get married into a a a, a white family as a result of this you know what it's a it's uh i mean my husband's white and he's really nice and uh, yeah, 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 you yeah. know yeah, his, his mother has never been nice to me at all <laughs> <laughs> she's been so awful to me but but we decided we we, we love each other and therefore we're just not gonna see her mm. <laughs> So that's what people do. Mm, you you mm. meet someone, you fall in love, and and you think, oh, well, I want to spend the rest of my life with him. Mm. And because I don't have to sleep with his mother, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so my husband and I, we've been together for a long time, and you know, his mother, you know, whatever her views are, that's that's her own problem. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I think Megan is trying to do the same. Megan is just fallen in love with Prince Harry, and she she wants to have peace in her life I, I don't understand what what wrong she's doing you know she's um and people people i've seen people saying oh she she's just a gold digger mm. okay now harry said i saw an interview where he said that he is the one that fancied megan he saw her on tv mm. and he wanted to meet her this mm. is what he gave an interview mm. so it wasn't he and apparently she didn't even know who he was so he asked to be introduced to her after seeing her in i think one of the films that she mm -hmm. did mm -hmm. and people are saying oh no she came looking for harry she's a gold digger and i was like actually uh if i had known that there was a royal available and not disrespect to my husband yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right there at the palace <laughs> interesting enough you you would believe it there's one of them that i fancy uh, Princess Anne. I just, I just fancy Princess Anne. Look at you! <laughs> oh! But it will never happen. <laughs> it will never happen. She's, she's, she's... <laughs> oh, bless you! <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if I was married to Princess Anne? Can yeah, you, imagine? you never know. <laughs> she, she could be your eighth wife. She could be my eighth wife. But, but also, I. I am I'm a bit disappointed, maybe because he wants to be king, but the the relationship with William and Harry, from what I can gather, is there, there's some difficulty there, and he is just keeping really quiet because he wants to be king. Well, okay, this is the thing of Bonjour. How many families squabble, siblings squabble? Mm. I know my siblings we are always squabbling. Mm -hmm. You know, how many families, like brothers, don't even talk to one another? Mm. Like, this is like what we are seeing is exactly what happens in every family. Mm. You get siblings that don't talk to one another, you get siblings that are jealous of one or the other. You know, it's it, basically there's nothing unusual here. The two brothers are arguing about something. And you know what? The two brothers were great pals when they didn't have partners. Mm -hmm. Okay. When they had partners, partners, this is what happens. 
like even you, you may have had a, a great friend when you were a young, I'm not saying you're not young. When, yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean. Go on. You know, <laughs> like when you were perhaps maybe before you met your beautiful wife, yeah? Mm -hmm. You probably had a friend and mm -hmm. then when that friend got a wife and whatever, uh, People move on. Things, things move on, you mm. know, like even there, there, there are some people that some of my husband's great friends who, you know, when they had partners, I thought, oh, she's not nice. I don't want to hang out with her. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this is everyday stuff in people's homes. So basically what we 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 are doing is just we, we are just watching them this big, you know, <laughs> I suppose that's the price of royalty. Yeah, so so what you're basically saying to me, if I've heard you correctly, is that they're just an ordinary family, just like any other family on the street. It's just that they're royal. This this, this this is what happens in in families. But 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 forget the royal bit. Don't you think that bond, in terms of how painful their mother's death was in public, that that would you know. Uh, you know, for, for me, William, if I was William, I'd say, well, actually, you know, Harry has been through so much pain. He's fallen in love. Yeah. And she, you should be defending his brother. I don't get that. I don't get that in any shape or form. Well, now, I, I, I don't, I'm not a royalist, by the way. And I don't, I, you know, the only thing that I know about the royals is from what I got from watching The Crown. And it took <laughs> such a long time to watch The Crown. Yeah. You know, like I was literally, it was going to be the last thing that I watched and finally I watched it and I was like, oh, wow, like really seriously. Mm. Well, the thing is that um, when people grow up, mm -hmm. they, they see things from very differently. And there are two brothers who have fallen out, like every family, mm. you know, there are so many people in the UK who have grown up and they don't even talk to their siblings. Mm. or they fight with their siblings or they you know this is i i don't even it's a non-story but everybody's making it a story that harry's doing this to punish or to do whatever harry's just being a, a a man who has fallen in love and basically he is not you know he's he's basically what every family is yeah. at christmas why do, why do you think christmas is so traumatic for so many people <laughs> Christmas is so traumatic for so many people, people because yeah because of these issues you know your your brother brings his new wife and you know she's a bit showy she's a bit and you're like who what's wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens uh, yeah, you know I don't yeah. think there's a scandal I you know I think the real scandal perhaps that has not been spoken of <laughs> oh well, you know, the, man, that, the, the man who sweats. <laughs> that is, that's kind of the scandal. Yeah. But, uh, but the thing is also, Prince Andrew gave an interview on BBC. So was that, you know, people, what, people weren't angry about that interview. No, they, 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 and it just goes to show whose side they're on. Yeah. But uh, we, we'll move on because like, I am also not a royalist, but, you know, I, I, I have basically said I, I, I find the uh, princess Anne attractive, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows but um let's talk about international women's day yes so that's happening it's tomorrow isn't it have i got that right uh well, what oh. is it is is uh, uh, oh it's coming up soon it's coming I up soon i should yeah. know this you should know this you should know <laughs> this i i i am a military dictator and i know it and you don't that's terrible yeah, it, it's soon anyway we know it's soon it's, coming. <laughs> it's around the corner it's, it's around the corner how are you celebrating uh, by writing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah.
Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm celebrating it by writing, and hopefully my book's gonna get published because this is very woman centered. So it's looking at uh, you know women's issues, what girls, what issues they face, yep. especially in Africa. You know. Okay, it's definitely it's definitely on the eighth of March. So it's tomorrow. So oh, it's, it's tomorrow. yeah, yeah, International Women's Day, eighth of March, twenty twenty one. So tomorrow we're going to be celebrating the uh, women's women's. Um, international day by watching all these attacks on megan <laughs> exactly exactly and someone said this was an opportunity for the royal family to yeah. you know modernize and to I you know. know support a black person but yeah I know. do you think women are where they need to be in terms of comedy are things changing now well definitely i'm seeing a change you know like i'm seeing a recognition of women I'm seeing, but they still, I mean, if you look at some, some of the big problem, pro, uh, problems, <laughs> programs, comedy mm. programs on TV, they're still very male dominated. The same mm. men that have been mm. doing it for years and years mm. and years, mm. still is male dominated, mm. you know? Uh, yeah, so some of these programs, I don't know that they'll ever change, mm. but the, th the thing is that uh, Netflix has done amazing stuff for, for women comedians, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it, it has done so much, uh, for, for us, for black mm. people, mm. and it, it has been a game changer. And actually, I was just thinking the other day, like like all my life I've grown up watching uh, like films and stuff like that. Mm. Most of mm. those films were dominated by the same white men and white mm. women for years mm. and years and years and years. Mm. And then mm. Netflix comes over and it brings us people like Viola Davis, you know, mm. Uh, it brings us like all of this just lovely stuff that I'm watching. I'm even mm. watching films from India with unknown characters and yeah. enjoying it thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that uh, if the, the, the some of these programs don't perhaps recognize that the, that the world is changing, you know, mm. there's, there's a real danger that, you know, perhaps, you know, people, but things, things change. But I think they're still a bit slow in recognizing women. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I, 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 I saw... I don't know if you watch Loose Women, not that I do, but I, I saw uh, it was a black, at one point it was a black women's panel, only panel, yes. you know, and yes. uh, the racist came out. Oh, really? What did they say? <laughs> oh, attacking and just really attacking, saying they're not watching it anymore and, and so on and so oh. far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was so they really, say they're not watching it anymore? Well, yeah, because they had a black women's panel, you know, all black women's panel. So, yeah, but it, it's definitely, it's definitely changing um yeah it's, it's definitely changing so we spoke about comedy in terms of women what about in other in other areas is, is your experience the same now that you're an auto uh in that industry well how how is it is it the same challenges the the, the publishing world is exactly the same wow, <laughs> wow. it's the same as the monarchy <laughs> <laughs> seriously like they don't they have no interest whatsoever in publishing uh black people in black women mm -hmm. and if you look at the tiny percentage of people who get published mm -hmm. they're very 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 few mm -hmm. and so a, a lot of authors will have just been rejected by everyone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and actually even i was i was published by a black woman the black mm -hmm. this, this this my publisher got fed up of all these fantastic writers being turned down and being told your stories you don't have a platform here your stories are not going to be heard mm -hmm. and uh, she came forward and she started she published 2020 so there's wow. um 
Yeah, 20 comedians. She said, you, the publishers say, well, they don't, they don't get many manuscripts from black people, <laughs> which is not true. Uh, and so she said, okay, tell you what, I'm going to find 20 in a year and I'm going to publish them in 2020. Wow. So they did. She published 20 in 20 wow. uh, comedians. So it, it was it's such an amazing success. So a lot of, when they saw how successful she was, a lot of publishing houses started coming forward and saying, oh, oh yeah, we will get really get on board with this because, oh yeah, it's embarrassing that we don't really publish black people mm -hmm. because they said black people don't read. <laughs> it's insane. It's the same. It's exactly the same. All these institutions are the same. They so refuse the view. to the view. The view is that black people don't read. That's, that's their view. That's their view. Did you see uh, that when Chimamanda was being interviewed by that French journalist? Mm -hmm. And she asked her whether there are, there are uh, bookshops in Nigeria. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, the Nigeria that, that that you know have the likes of Chinna Achebe, you know Wallace <laughs> Shoyinka. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. Chimamanda herself been a Nigerian. Yeah, and yeah, she exactly. Has yeah, so do do you have bookshops in Nigeria? <laughs> wow, it's incredible. Yeah, so Insane. the publishing world is no different from the comedy industry. It's the same. I mean, all these people are the same. You know, they all have the same. And what what uh, what I found out, and what has been a challenge for also for for uh, us, is that even when you get published, there's still the outlets. When you, your book is being put out in the outlets, the outlets are also the same. Mm. You know, they are looking for for white men to display on their shelves and stuff like that. So, and even when, when they take a book, they will put it in a shelf somewhere in some corner that it will never be seen. And then they'll say, well, it's hardly been bought by anybody. Mm. And it's like, what? This is the thing, there is a reluctance, but you know what, things, the world is gonna change. Yeah, you know, Africa yeah. is producing some amazing writers. Mm. You know, some of my most favorite writers are, are African. Mm. You read some African books and you're like, wow, this is like your third language and you can mm. write with like this, mm. it's mm. incredible. Mm. And they keep shunning us and shunning us and our books will, will be out. Our books will keep getting published. Excellent, excellent. And you're, and you're showing the way, you're, you're, showing, you're showing the way. So, um, in terms of comedy, what's the apart from the, you know you're you're an author? What what are you what 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 are the plans without revealing anything? Are you are you going to Edinburgh this year? Uh, who knows? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, when I, I don't. I, yeah. I, I, nobody even knows what's going to happen. I don't think this Edinburgh is going to happen this year because mm. I don't even know that because people don't want to because Edinburgh costs a lot of money even for for comedians and also for promoters and also mm. for for, <clears throat> for the venues. Mm. So I don't know that anybody is going to take a huge undertaking only for it to be cancelled. And mm -hmm. I, 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 well, I do remember my Nicholas Sturgeon. Like I, I was, I was dreading. Uh, I wasn't sure because I've been, I follow Scottish politics, and I thought she was going to resign uh, last week because of the Alex Salmon thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know she's tougher when it comes to the lockdown restrictions compared to the English. Yeah. She's like yeah. almost like a dictator, you know. <laughs> England, they will allow uh, comedy gigs in outdoor. She's not even allowing any of that in any shape or form. And actually. Uh, there are gigs coming through now in England, but I'm not sure what's happening in Scotland. I, I have no no idea. She seems to be. Very, have you, very well. people, people are booking live comedy again? Yeah, people are booking live comedy from from July August onwards. People some even are going as far as uh, May April, but probably going to do it outdoor. They're going to do gigs outdoor. We'll see. We'll see. We'll oh, see. Fair Social enough. distancing. Social distancing. <laughs> yeah. But, 
what what about what about family life you married you got two children or three uh, <laughs> <laughs> well i've got two and a bastard no, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah I, I have two children i'm married uh okay. have been for a long time and mm -hmm. yeah so and the children <laughs> are doing well very well you know they're happy they are you know not too happy about lockdown but you know they're, yeah. they're, they're kids they're happy yeah so yeah, yeah. um yeah so we're, we're just like any other family mm, good yeah, good, 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 good. So this this has been fantastic. You know, I often get criticized that I don't invite women to my uh, podcast. So you are the uh, third, fourth, fourth, actually fourth woman. For that. And how I many have you done? How many of these oh, have you oh, done? Excuse me. Uh, you, you, you shouldn't be asking me that kind of question, but I've done, <laughs> <laughs> I've done 38. I've done 38, but I've been, uh, and, yeah. And only for women. Oh, only for oh women. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Wait, what? My brother. Uh, yes, I am, and I'm, I am, I'm redressing the balance, the, the imbalance. But uh, yeah, you women are busy. I, I've been talking to you about this interview for, for for months, and you always keep telling me that you're busy. You're busy, you know. Is you're, you're not. It's not this like you're. Cook, you know, it's not like you're cooking in the kitchen. You're actually writing books, and that that's. Uh, well, I'm writing actually as we speak. My my husband is cooking. Ooh! So. Oh, wow! Wow! You've got it. You've got it all sourced. You've got it all sourced. <laughs> But look, no. it's, it's been it's been lovely talking to you and also catching up with you. I can't wait to you know we had a oh our last uh, the last gig we did together was a show in um, a theater, isn't it? Yes. Oh God! I, like I was like, oh, how long? <laughs> yes, yes. That was amazing. Oh, that, that was, was fantastic. That was fantastic. Thank yeah, you so much I, for yeah. that platform. That was, was that was just beautiful. And you know, it's it's. That's where you need to be. That's yeah. where you need. That's where you need. It was. I was so happy that night. Yeah, I know. I know. So happy. I, I, it was. It was fantastic. It, it just gelled so well. And now it was. It was uh, as a result of that. I did my. I got the next stop to take my my first comedy special. And I wish the plan, if it wasn't because of lockdown, the plan was to do more of that. You know, just rent small theaters and just do your thing and and yeah. and, and 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 see how it pans out. But. Thank you for that. That was that was just I, I still you, you know I still have it here. I have I have I have the DVD here, you know. Just have it. Goodbye, Mr. President. Yes. <laughs> uh, I want to do some more, but um I've and that's the thing. I've noticed that um a few comedians are on TV, but they're with COVID restrictions. So even yesterday, I tuned into stand-up comedy club in Edinburgh. So they were performing live, but oh. they had a few people in, not many people in, but they were doing it through Facebook Live. So all their customers were, you know, what do you, what do you think, how do you think, because I genuinely think the way I describe it is that the lockdown has really obviously affected the comedy industries like Iraq, you know, just devastated it big time and needs to rebuild. And I genuinely believe that uh, because of the lockdown, people are doing a lot of content and bypassing gatekeepers yeah. to create their own outlet do you genuinely think that um live gigs and zoom gigs can live together or do you think it, it eventually zoom gigs will die a natural death because live gigs are back who knows what's going to happen but the thing is that people have already built a profile so so you know what there are people who are disabled who may not be able to go to comedy clubs. There are people who perhaps may be ill, they may be not be able to go to a comedy club. Mm. You might be in a hospital bed, so mm. you can't go to a comedy club. Mm. And then you can get on Zoom. So mm. I think the clubs should be should wise up 
and mm. be streaming on Zoom as well, mm. so as well as having a live audience, but streaming on Zoom. Because on Zoom, you'll get, what, 5,000 people easily. Mm. Mm. Uh, and uh, in a comedy club, you can only get, you know, however many, depending on the size of the club. Mm. So I, I think that the, I think that people will be wise to carry on streaming comedy to, mm. to, for the people. You know, there are also people who, who live so far away that they can't actually go and to a certain comedy club it's difficult practical or maybe they don't drive there are so many reasons why people may not go to a comedy club I, and i genuinely believe because i posted something recently i was thinking about it that my view is that uh, because people have been at home for such a long time people actually need rehabilitation to be released back into the community you know i know <laughs> Like I miss being on stage, uh, but I don't actually miss driving across the country. Oh, oh, those late <laughs> nights and eating bad food and then wondering whether you did well or whether you're going to be rebooked and then the adrenaline and before you can and you, sleep. You, you, and then you finish, it's midnight. You have to drive for three and a half hours and you're like, oh my God, like I, God save me. I was actually speaking to a comedy promoter who wanted to know whether I was available for a gig. And he was saying, oh, he will let me know because he's planning it. And then when I looked at how far it was, I said, do I really want to do this again? Really? I don't. <laughs> that trouble was just like, it was driving me mad. Mm. And the thing is, and then you think, God, I, you get home and then, oh, tomorrow I've got to travel to somewhere else. I've got to travel to somewhere else. Mm. International travel is not so bad mm. because before the lockdown, I was in the Netherlands and Belgium and mm. all of that. Mm. Uh, and that, that was nice because, you know, like they would pick us up from the hotel and they would take us to the venue. Mm -hmm. They would, and that was, that, that I can do. But all of this driving myself to Leeds and then Bristol the next night and Plymouth the next night is just, yeah, it's hard. It's hard, it's hard. Maybe it's age, maybe it's age. Maybe for me it is age. I, I, I genuinely need to think carefully when gigs are given to me, uh, but it's, it's all good. Look, it's been, I know your husband is waiting to serve you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's been it's been a pleasure. I will it's let you know pleasure. when I release the podcast. Uh, but look, it's been fantastic. You look well. You look oh, you look. You. I have to say, you look better than when you were gigging. You look really. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm rested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we and we all have rested. You know. So thank you so much for uh, giving me the honor and. Uh, uh it's it's been it's been fantastic we've heard about your book we've heard about your in a way a little bit about your plans yeah we've heard about kenya it's been it's been an education uh, i hope you guys enjoy this and actually i've got some good news for you the good news is this this morning when i woke up when i was checking um the countries that have downloaded my podcast north korea i have fans in north korea i i couldn't believe it honestly i i, I just saw it this morning and i saw not uh, podcast downloaded in North Korea. That's the fifth, wow. the fifth dictatorial regime that has, has downloaded my podcast. That's so amazing. That's, no, it's a good thing. So it's been downloaded in twenty-seven countries right now. So it's been good. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. But it's been yeah, it's been fantastic. You're you're dominating the world. Well, I I'm doing my best to you know get of course the Western media will not do my propaganda for me. Yeah, they won't give me a platform. <laughs> so I need to find a way. Uh, and yeah. I'm using the podcast and I've got lots of other guests, but look, don't let me take any more of your time. Uh, I, I genuinely thought that the Megan thing was happening this evening. I was looking forward to it, but it will have to be tomorrow. Double check, double check. Yeah, Just but look, double check. look, you take care of yourself and greet your lovely husband. That man is a I good know. man, a very, very good man. 
very, very good man. I can't believe he's serving you, but that is. <laughs> <laughs> Send him my love and regards. Thank you very much, Jamie. Thank, Thank, Thank you. Take care. Bye. 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 I've stopped. Hope you hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.